0: This is a Triple J podcast. Hello, we're back. JK, it's just me. (laughs) D is still crook. I'm faring a little bit better, so I dragged my ass into studio to record because firstly, I have to say our egos are kind of bruised because we're a day late. I don't think this has ever happened. At least while I've been working on the hookup, I've never missed a pod day. We just don't do it. It's happened. Please forgive us. And secondly, this episode is one that we've been really excited to share with you for the last week. Like We've kind of been desperate to get it out into the world because we had the most amazing chats with people about their hot as fuck dating and sex lives while using a wheelchair. I know it's a bit of a taboo topic. Not many people actually feel comfortable talking about disability in general, let alone exploring it with sex and intimacy, which is exactly what we're going to do in this episode. We're busting myths about libido, we're talking toys, positions, we're going to get to know sex through a whole different perspective and experience. So... If you or someone you know has a spinal injury or even just a neurological injury slash condition in general that limits mobility and or affects their sensory impairment, or even if you're none of the above, get around this episode because it's actually so interesting to hear about other people's experiences of pleasure and bodies. And I guarantee we're going to leave you with some advice that you can take into your own lives if you're able-bodied or not. Okay, what I love about this podcast is that we have a direct line to you on our Instagram. Our DMs are full of messages, asking questions, sharing thoughts, hot takes, heartbreaks, lots of bad date stories, but also really exciting and inspiring ones too. And just last week, we got this DM from Jess. She said, Hey guys, I'm not sure if you've done an episode on sex with a spinal injury, but my partner and I have recently been experimenting and had some amazing results. I'm able-bodied, and he's been in a wheelchair with a C5 injury, and I made him come for the first time in years since his injury. Okay, so obviously, this is huge. We were so over the moon for them both, but also Dee and I were really curious to find out more about how they achieved it, especially because we didn't know anything about Luke's spinal cord injury, and when he told us about how it happened, it's one of those stories that leaves you kind of speechless.
1: I had a diving injury Um, in 2016, dove off a jetty, hit a sandbank, dislocated my neck from my back, laying face down for about a minute and a half, two minutes, which for me felt forever. Um, I was still conscious. I couldn't, I just looked down and seen my arms and legs twitching underneath me. Um, Couldn't swim to the top of the surface and it just kept getting further away. It felt like a dream. And then I choked on a heap of water and then my mate realised I wasn't playing silly bugger and jumped in and uh, rolled me over and just floated me in the water. Until um, the lifeguards came. And then, yeah, I passed out because I couldn't breathe and from the pain. Um, and then I woke up two and a half weeks later in the PA, Princess Alexandra Hospital in ICU.
0: When he was in hospital in a coma, he died twice. They did surgery. The doctors said he'd never walk again. But Luke defied all odds and he's still with us here, thank fuck. So... What exactly is Luke's injury, and what does it mean for him?
1: I dislocated my neck from my back, so I dislocated C seven from T one, um, which has caused uh, uh, like spinal cord damage, um, which affects like my neural pathways. You know, messages that are sent from your brain through spinal cord to each, um, I guess, each nerve at each vertebrae that controls different parts of your bodies. Um, uh, for me, I'm a quadriplegic, not a paraplegic, so I've got all four limbs affected, um, legs and hands, uh, core, a uh, bit of chest and shoulders as well. But luckily for me, I'm incomplete. I didn't completely sever my spinal cord, so I'm still getting some messages through, hence um, why yeah, I can still like move my feet a little bit. I- can move my legs a bit. I can walk a bit with crutches, um, short distances.
0: When Luke had his accident, he was 21. And he was, in his own words, a rough and ready concreter, loved to party and get amongst it. And of course, everything changed for him after that, including the way he dated and had relationships and sex. And you might even be wondering, how would somebody who's had this kind of spinal cord injury even have a healthy and hot as fuck sex life now? Well, it has been a long journey, and he's still discovering things now. And while Jess was the first person to get him to orgasm as a partner, there was one time that Luke managed to do it solo, post-accident. And it actually happened while he was on holidays. He randomly got a boner, which actually wasn't that uncommon for him, by the way, and also just a lot of guys in general. But yeah, he got the boner, he got to work, and over an hour later, it happened.
1: my whole body started just vibrating and shaking, and I had no idea what was going on. Um, And then all of a sudden I came and I was like, holy shit, like my body just was instantly relaxed.
0: But then something else happened.
1: I started to get a pounding headache, um, started to feel really sick. And it's a thing that's called autonomic dysreflexia, which is, um, I guess, an autonomic response um, to your body when it's You know there's a feeling or something going on that you can't quite feel when it's under stress yeah just it sends a signal your brain just doesn't quite understand so it's like you have have a pounding headache until you fix the problem and for anyone it can be you know a pinching of your hair or something in your shoe or it can be you know yeah just something so simple but for me at that time it was when i ejaculated (laughs) Um, so i had a pounding headache until it had calmed down i went to the bathroom. Um, I had some uh, Valium, I jumped back into bed and I'm thinking, shit, I'm going to have to call reception and tell them to call me an ambulance. Because um, it
2: can be deadly.
1: Because I came because your blood pressures your blood pressure just spikes through the roof um, mm. until you fix the problem. But yeah, it had, it had calmed down and I went to sleep and woke up feeling fucking amazing, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs>
0: so yeah, the after effect of it all was pretty intense, just as you heard. But for the next few days, Luke's body was so relaxed. And he didn't have any muscle spasms, which is normally a pretty regular occurrence for him. But yeah, after that night, he didn't come again for five years. Until he met Jess.
2: We met two years ago at wheelchair rugby when I was with a client. And I saw him and I was like, this guy's really cute, but we didn't really speak much. And then at um, a Sydney, oh, was it Melbourne? Melbourne tournament, Um, We started talking about video games and stuff, and we connected a little bit. Then he followed me on Instagram, and I was like, oh, my God, this is my opportunity. Thank God. I didn't think he had social media. So um, he liked one of my stories, so I messaged him, and then within a few days, one night when i had a few drinks i was like i'm gonna get right into it so i'm like hey you know what's going on with your penis can you still feel stuff how's your sex life and he told me a little bit about his experience and then i was like i'll be your test doll if you like (laughs) Like, (laughs) i put my hand up i'll do it and then yeah we just flirted a little bit and um Went for drinks and went on a date and it went from there. I am so obsessed with them. Honestly,
0: the DM slide works, you guys. I know sometimes it's cringe, but I swear I have met so many people through the hookup who have had the best relationships because someone just like fire reacted their story on Instagram. Anyway, they had their first date. They went home together and everything just clicked. But it's not always that easy for other people, you know, dating and relationships can be really daunting when you have to use a wheelchair, whether you're the person in it or just chatting to someone who is. So up next, let's get some dating advice. Over the years, we've covered different topics around dating and disability, and a few people who use wheelchairs have told us that other people find it kind of hard to look past the chair. So how should you deal with that? Tess DeVez, who's a sexuality OT, a somatic sexologist and sexuality educator, author and nominated for Australian of the Year, puts it really bluntly.
3: Don't bother with people that are going to waste your time.
0: So dating is hard enough,
3: right? And it is so energy consuming. And especially if you're a wheelchair user, it's really hard to find like accessible venues and places that you're comfortable. So uh, I highly recommend to people have a photo on you a dating profile with the chair being visible like doesn't have to be like full frontal look at me I'm in a wheelchair but maybe have like the armrest and some of the wheel visible or the control or the headrest just so people have a heads up because you don't want to waste your time and energy on people that are just going to make you feel bad about who you are as a person or just judge you and shame you. And ableism is unfortunately everywhere and sometimes people aren't aware they have it. So giving them that time to look at the photo and check in with themselves and maybe give themselves some time to think, hmm, What are my perspectives on this? Uh, And then the good ones are going to reach out to you. It's like a quality versus quantity kind of thing. So I'm I'm all about sooner than later.
0: Like most of us these days, we're meeting people on the apps. So that's great advice from Tess. And on the same note, people who are able-bodied, I think sometimes just are worried to ask or say the wrong thing. They don't want to offend anyone. But then they start thinking like, you know, is it rude to not acknowledge the wheelchair? But it's also like you don't want to make it a whole thing. Is it weird to not even talk about it? Like, you can see where I'm going with this. It can make you really second guess yourself and kind of spiral. So how can you navigate those feelings? Well, Tess says, just ask. Just like you'll ask someone about
3: their pronouns, ask them about the words they use for their disability. You said, you know, people that don't want to say the wrong thing, they're nervous, they want to be respectful, but they're not sure how to go about it put that in a sentence and say, hey, look, I really want to do the right thing. I'm a bit nervous. I don't want to offend you. Are you open to talking about the wheelchair? Would you like to just focus on, you know, the other aspects of who you are? I'm just, you know, I just don't want to uh, cause offense in any way. That is a really appropriate thing to say. You're showing that you care And that you're showing the person that you want to get it right and that it's not the only thing that you're focusing on but and you don't want to cause offense i think it's actually i mean i say that to my clients all the time like hey you know what words do you use For your genitals, what words do you use to describe sex? What are your pronouns? And what words do you use to describe your disability? And, you know, and then I've just got it all and then we have a great
0: conversation after. This is what we needed to hear because for some people, it's already hard enough living with a disability just to vibe through life. Like I'm stating the obvious here, but it just needs to be said. We live in a world that prioritises and caters for able-bodied people in every aspect. So, of course, when it comes to dating and sex, there are so many stigmas and myths about people using wheelchairs, one of which, the main one being in Tessa's experience, is that if you're in a chair, you're not capable of or interested in sex at all.
3: So I was listening to a person, public motivational speaker, wheelchair user, and they had a um, spinal cord injury, I think, when they are in their teens, uh, late teens. So I think it was through a car accident. And at the end of this wonderful presentation, he says, does anyone have any questions? And someone in the front row puts their hand up and says, do you have a libido? And so then his response was, do you? And it was just that moment of like, why wouldn't they have a libido? I mean, some people do, some people don't, but that's not spinal cord related. Libido is cognitive it's wanting it's desire it's lust I think they might have meant do you have an arousal response do you get erections but the answer is like yeah do you yeah. <laughs> like if people are stressed they're not going to get an erection you know what I mean like yeah it's, it's um so I think there's a lot of assumptions where you know if someone say has impacted mobility that everything else stops working too uh, which is not necessarily the case.
0: They say more specifically libido is a question and also the can you get erection question comes up all the time, which is what we're going to talk about next. Jess and Luke reckon they are having the best sex of their life. So what are they doing that makes it so fucking amazing? Well for them it's all about foreplay and using their senses to their best ability.
1: Having that connection of, you know, even just like just breathing and moaning and um like I said the four other senses rather than feeling, you know, you got hearing, sight, smell, taste. Just stimulating all those feelings together can be an explosion in itself even even if you don't have an orgasm. Um just feeling that solid connection yeah is is really elevating i suppose mm-hmm. um but then yeah if you orgasm will fuck bonus
0: <laughs> <laughs> communication is also so key as well
1: you know it's it's all about <laughs> yeah you know, communication and and uh making sure the other person's aware of your limitations and i guess where you would draw the line on what you can and can't do um yeah it's it's a it's a whole different world of um you know pleasure when the other person understands I guess uh, where you're coming from, and, and what you can and can't do,
0: and that means just having to joke through those stupid awkward moments. And trust and believe, you'll be having those if you're fucking in a wheelchair
2: or not. Don't take it too seriously either. Have a laugh. Like, yeah, yeah. It's all if,
1: natural. If, if something doesn't work, and you know, you know, or just just laugh about it, man. Yeah, um, and move on and find something different.
0: They're also exploring each other without shame.
2: Well, when you can't have conventional I sex,
0: like to explore.
2: yeah, you just, you sort of, you get other things involved, you know, things that you wouldn't have done um, before your injury and you realise that it could be the best sex of your life trying these new things. See, I
0: told you, and Luke agrees. When looking back at his sex life before his injury...
1: I feel like I have better sex now than I have before my injury, whereas, you know, before, um, I guess in a sense it was a bit selfish. Um, whereas now you know I take that tablet I've got half an hour to an hour to make sure Jess is you know satisfied satisfied and <laughs> being as stimulated as as well as stimulating myself um mm. you know I get it's just I me personally I get it's just as much satisfaction getting her off as I do myself um and then when I do myself it's just like I said it's a whole nother whole nother world like my body will spasm and kick around and my legs will Literally look like I'm trying to go for a swim in the water. Um, Yeah,
2: but we've navigated that too. We um, just tie them together.
1: Yeah, She ties me up now.
2: (laughs) I love it. It's about
0: adapting, communicating, and just having fun. Also, I don't know if you caught Luke saying before that alongside copious foreplay, he takes a tablet to help him get hard. You know, actually, at first the pills didn't really work for him, and over time he found that, yes... Like he was saying before, stimulating all the senses, work to treat, and having that really strong connection. We asked Tess about this and they gave us a huge explanation on what you can do to achieve an erection because there's more than just pills to try.
3: The oral medications are are an option. There's other options too. It just depends on the person. But remembering that psychogenic erections are 100% a thing as well, as as well as reflexive, but you've got – so there's those three main types of you know, Viagra, Levitra or Cialis, remembering that they don't always work in able-bodied people if they're like really tired or stressed or maybe they're really worried that the pill won't work and that worry interferes with the pill working because our sex is in our brain. So, you know, everything has has its potential to not be successful because we've got to remember that our sex organ is between our ears, not our legs. Um, but there's injections Uh, So injecting, uh, injecting a medication into the shaft of the penis works really well. You have to be okay with needles or have a partner who's okay with needles and they work in minutes. Uh, But again, you know, I get needles aren't for everyone, especially in your, in your genitals. Vacuum devices are awesome. Um, the Vacurect is a really good one designed by someone who is a prostate cancer survivor and is an engineer. So it comes with like 10 different O-ring sizes. So you you put the appropriate O-ring on after you pump the blood to the penis and it holds the blood there. So it's got a lot of size potential because everyone's a different size, right? Um, You've got implants, they're super successful, but you know, permanent
0: surgery. Um, So there's more options. As Tess just mentioned there, toys. This kind of feels like a good point to talk about what's out there and how to use this kind of extracurricular equipment. Because sex tech at the moment is booming, like it is rapidly adapting and there are more toys than ever to suit a whole different variety of bodies and needs.
3: Thigh, you can have like thigh strap-ons. So it's a massive cuff that wraps around the thigh and it holds a dildo in place. So you can sit on your partner in the chair face to face and, you know, you can, they can penetrate you while you're super close it's really intimate um really lovely too there's the you know there's things like the intimate rider which is kind of like um worst description ever basic camping chair setup <laughs> But low and very stable and it's designed for wheelchair users to be able to position themselves lower to the ground and a partner can be on all fours in front of them, say, that kind of thing or, a, or in front of a bed and a person can lie down for access to the anus or the genitals with your mouth. I could go on, you know, you've got chin strap-ons, you've got penis rings that help hold blood flow with vibrators on them, you've got vibrators in the mouth, you've got cuffs that, you know, you can wrap around a wrist and hold a toy if you don't have fine motor dexterity or finger movement, but you've got gross arm movement, so like you can move your arm but not your fingers so you can penetrate your partner that way without having to use your hands. You can wrap vibrators around your finger so you can still stroke them and pleasure them that way without having to, you know,
0: grip anything. Um, geez, there's a lot. That's amazing to me. And it goes to show how much care and detail and development is going into these toys. There's also sex swings as well. They're super useful. You can also hoists. So for
3: people that are hoist transfer... They can be used as a sex swing and they're pretty stable. I mean, don't swing in it. Uh, I say swing just because people know that language. (laughs) Please don't swing in it. (laughs) But yeah, like you will be surprised if you have equipment, disability equipment at home, how much of it can be used not only for daily function, but for sex as
0: well. And speaking of equipment, you can also just have sex in your wheelchair. Wheelchairs are a wonderful sex item.
3: (laughs) Just put the brakes on, please. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Brakes on. Arm rests up, and if you have a wheelchair that tilts in space and it reclines back, like they're they're really stable power wheelchairs. Um, just make sure you turn it off. Um, don't just put the brakes on. But yeah, you know, having you know play and intimacy and sex in a wheelchair is one hundred percent possible.
0: And if we're talking about positions, and you're just doing it old school, tried and true, lying down on a bed, it's all about using pillows if you need them, and finding positions that just work best for you both. I mean, overall, Tess was just saying sex isn't actually that different. It's communication and exploration, but it's it's not too dissimilar to
3: people who, you know, who are having sex regardless because, you know sometimes you'll have a sore back, mm. sometimes you'll have fatigue and you just need to lie down and not move or, you know, sometimes maybe your vagina's not up for it because you've, you've got your period or, like, you know, your partner's really wanting some anal play and, you know, you're like, but your knees are sore. There's so many ways that we adapt all the time in sex without thinking about it. So I feel like we already have that skill. Um, we're just applying it to, you
0: know, a different type of body presentation. There are some things you should be more mindful of when fucking with someone who uses a wheelchair, Uh, one of which being hygiene, as Luke lately has been getting loads of UTIs.
1: It's something that you have to be very hygienic about as well. If you can't pee out of your urethra to be able to flush any bacteria that's created via sex throughout that that time. Mm. Prior to my injury, I don't think I ever had a UTI, but... I don't never experienced that. But um yeah, it's something you have to be aware of and be very hygienic about. Um, which is quite easy. Just go have a wash and come back for round two.
0: Another time Luke got an injury was on the sex swing, all just from a little bit of carpet burn.
1: You just gotta be careful of obviously <laughs> your skin rubbing on the carpet and like I said before with muscle spasms, uh with me my legs kicked out straight and Like, started spasming and vibrating while I'm thrusting forward and back on the sex swing. And my foot rubbing on the carpet had created carpet burn on my heel, which gave me a pressure sore that I had to heal for, I think, like two, three months. It took to heal on the back, uh, to heal, yeah, on the back of my foot.
0: Wow. um,
1: So you just got to be wary of those sort of things, too.
0: But yeah, as Luke says, try not to overthink it.
1: I guess being the, the partner without the disability, yeah, just got to be wary of those things as well. But don't take it too serious. You've got to be in the moment, you know, and not think about those things too much because then it's just going to wreck the mood.
0: So I saw this TikTok a few weeks ago and it was of a mother whose son is quadriplegic. And she was really happy because she, along with a friend and his carer, Uh, were able to take him to see a sex worker. Yeah, she said she did a few things, and then it was very erect, so she got on top, and he did the whole thing.
1: Unreal. That is beautiful. I know, it
0: kind of sounds strange, because you can hear how emotional she is, knowing he was able to have that experience, but it's actually not. We need to normalise all this, because people have needs, and if someone who uses a wheelchair can't get those met through a relationship or a partner... You can actually find a professional and work with them, and we asked Tess about this, and they gave us some advice on how to find a worker who's experienced.
3: Sex workers are wonderful, and like it's a really hard job, so I'm like in full support. Uh, if you are someone living with disability and you would like to access a sex worker, um, but you're you want someone who is disability aware, go to touchingbase.org. They're a national organisation that you, you fill in your details and then they'll find disability-trained workers in the area and let you know who's, who's around
0: and available. So they're amazing. On that same thread of help, there is so much support out there for you and your partner, friend or family member who uses a chair with whatever you're going through.
3: There are so many options out there that are always changing. Reach out to people if you can, you know, find supports. Like if you are on the NDIS, the NDIS recognises sexuality as a part of human life and a contributor to quality of life. So you can get funding for sexual supports such as OTs, such as sexologists. You can get lifts to the sex worker, but they mostly don't fund sex work we're trying to change that but that's you know it's it's pretty complicated you know th- there are always developing options and so please don't feel like you know if you want to start dating or start having sex with yourself or sex with others there are constantly things that are coming out that can help with that and also if you're a person who you know doesn't live with disability you know it can feel awkward but think about the first time you've done everything in your life it's awkward, right? And then we, you know, we get used to it and then it's normal and then we feel comfortable and then we can get creative and have more conversations. And, you know, it's it's just normalizing it.
0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, a big thank you to Jess and Luke for really opening up about their lives. It was so fun meeting you guys and just chatting and getting to know you and your relationship. So, yeah, thank you for sharing with us. And also a big thank you to Tess DeVez, um, who was a wonderful expert to talk to about this topic. Uh, feel free to rate us if you are into that. We'd love for you to give us some stars, any feedback as well at Triple J the Hookup. And yeah, this whole episode started because Jess messaged us on Instagram. So if you have a story, if you have a topic you want us to cover, a guest that you want us to talk to, hit us up in the DMs. They're always open. We read everyone, um, even though they are there is a lot in there. And sometimes we're a bit late to them, but we do eventually get to them. And we'll catch you next week, hopefully on time. Bye.